themselves and 360 the world. Jamie Neal, the host, asks many questions about their mindset and how they fundamentally operate their world and the world around them. Hello, welcome back to 360 Yourself. I am back. This is Jamie Neal here speaking, the host of uh, 360 Yourself. Hope you're having um, a beautiful, beautiful morning. As always, making sure that your day is filled with lots of positive vibes, um, saying your mantras if you have them. I always, I always wake up every morning and say to myself, happiness is a choice, which I always believe. I'll say that again. Happiness is a choice. So something I've been uh, discussing and thinking about recently um, when I'm navigating through my own space is um, this thing about an alter ego. I think everyone has an alter ego and I believe every alter egos are really good. I was doing a bit of research and I, you see them a lot in the celebrity culture and arts and artists. Um, Sasha, uh, Sasha Fierce is obviously Beyonce's, You've got David Bowie, which is Ziggy Stardust. You know, Paul McCartney, which is the fireman, and her prince, which is Camille. I mean, we all have alter egos to the people that we want to become, the, 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 the perfection of ourselves, if there is something of a perfection, which obviously there isn't, but the person that you aspire to be, like the person who's confident, the person who is going to say yes when the, when the tough gets going and, and all that sort of thing. So we know that alter egos work and it's great to have them as well, to really kind of own that. And if that might just be even putting on uh, your, your fresh kind of pair of jeans. It might be like a really lovely shirt that you always feel confident in. Find that piece of item that really makes you feel really special and own it and have it every single day if you must and become that alter ego to become that confident person in your life. So anyway, moving forward from alter egos, um, I have a really brilliant guest with me. I'm, I'm a massive fan of her work. Um, and as all the guests I, I bring on the uh, podcast, I love them all. And I love speaking to them. I love, love knowing what they do and how they think about their, uh, their lives and, and how they operate. And she's a, a creative um, choreographer and director. She's worked with artists such as Prince, who I just mentioned, who uh, the nickname uh, Camille, um, also Madonna, Justin Bieber, Samsung, uh, Paco Rabanne. I mean, the list is endless. So I'm really excited to see how she navigates uh, around her space. So, and her name is Amy Gardner. How are you doing? Hi, uh, I'm well, thank you. How are you? Very, very well, thank you. Um, and so we were talking just beforehand, and always, I always this before. Um, you're actually talking from Canada at the moment. I am. I uh, was in Mexico City for a job in March, and then when things got really crazy with the pandemic, I decided to come back up to Canada, which is where I'm from, and be with my family, and as opposed to returning to New York, which at the time was the epicenter for the for COVID, so I didn't anticipate, I don't think anyone could anticipate much at that time, but that I would still be in Canada come September. Yeah, um, and so so before before COVID, was you based in New York or was you, ba where, where was you based? 
I was based in New York. I've been based in New York for about five to six years. Granted, I, I do tend to travel a lot for work, so. Yeah, um, I mean, and so what, what made you move from Canada to New York? Because obviously the art scene is also very bub bubbly in Canada with Toronto and stuff. And so what made you kind of move to New, to New York? I was living in Montreal prior to moving down to New York. And I think I just, I had lived in LA for a year and I knew that that wasn't where I wanted to be. And so went back to Montreal and I was just kind of feeling like I needed a change. I wanted to try something new. I was starting to transition at that point into dancing a little bit less and really wanting to choreograph and getting more into photography and the direction of things. And so I think it was just a career choice. Plus I had an agent there at the time. And well, my agent from LA also had a headquarters in New York. So I figured I, I want to try working here. I've got a work visa. I, I just wanted a change in my life, honestly. And that change certainly um, <laughs> happened when I moved to New York. A lot shifted in my personal life, a lot shifted in my professional life, also my interests. Um, yeah, a lot of things changed upon that move. I think a lot of people who move to LA or they move to New York, you either are either New Yorker, you're an LA person. And because it's such a different vibe, LA obviously has the, has the art scene, but it's a lot slower. New York is obviously art scene as well, but a lot quicker. And I think you really know as soon as you get there, you either are like that, that type of person or you're not. Absolutely. I, um, I like LA. There's things about California that I adore and I have a lot of friends there, but I definitely feel more at home in, with the people and the energy of New York. That's for sure. Mm. Do you not miss the sun in LA? That, that's the thing I, I, I love. I love the sun. So for me, LA is like, okay, this is where I want to be. Um, yeah, not really. I don't love being too hot. Um, I love the beach. Like I love having a warm vacation or if I'm by a body of water or a lake and enjoying the sun in that capacity, then sure. But I like spring or fall in New York is I would probably take that any day. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. And yeah. so how how did you get into this world of arts and dance and all that sort of thing are your parents involved in it tell me, tell me all from the start uh my parents were not involved in the arts i began dancing when i was three and loved it and it's just really that that kind of standard i want to be a dancer and after high school i was very fortunate to be hired into a company in vancouver so I moved over there and that is essentially just where my dance career started, just straight out of high school and it never stopped. Definitely transitioned a lot and changed, but yeah, that's. Wow. And so, and so where, where did you know that you, did you, well, so you obviously you went into the dance company and you did that sort of thing. Cause you work, I'd say you work quite commercially with a lot of artists. Did you, was it kind of like a natural progression in terms of just your interest led into that, into that world or did you go, okay, I want to, I want to pursue, I don't want to work music. So I love music and I love kind of the commercial sector. I actually think my whole career has been on this, on this fence of being a commercial artist and working in the commercial scene and also just being an artist <laughs> and working in within the dance capacity as a concert dancer. And I've really bordered my whole career, I think has been trying to manage um, both, both elements of those two career paths actually. And it's, I've, I've found that quite challenging um, yeah. because I, you know, I, I'm not actively just pursuing one target. Like my goal isn't just to dance in one specific company and then that's it. Nor is it to be the, like make a video for the biggest pop star in the world. It's, it's not necessarily, it's kind of a fusion of both. I don't, 
Yeah, I don't really know how to describe it. So it's funny you mentioned that because mm. that actually feels like my biggest struggle. Yeah, I think a lot. I think a lot of people who are artists who try to become uh, who are a an artist or they it, it, people get really confused sometimes, and even them themselves is to go do I really want to kind of do the dance world or do I want to become like a performance artist? But then how do I then merge my, my brand image to do the commercial work, but then also go back to my roots and do the, the artistic, the artistic process and what I, what I actually really love doing. Right. Uh, I think it really, the most successful people that I know don't have, and this is just my opinion, really follow their voice and create work and then later are asked or commissioned to create continue creating that work or work like that for someone or for mm -hmm. a brand i think that's the ideal path at least for myself and what i tend to see is the most successful um as opposed to being like that person likes this so that's what i'll make i think you lose a, a sense of authenticity with that approach mm -hmm. so i mean of course you as artists our dream is to you know, make our art and make a living doing that. Mm. But yeah, at what point is strategy involved in those things? And what point is it just good timing and luck? I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, I, think, I think a lot, I think a lot of it is just, uh, they always say if you're, you're ready for the ball when it comes to you, and then when you get the ball, you run. It's like sort of that you get, you get all your kind of artistic process under wraps, you kind of find your voice, you do all the kind of hard work. And then suddenly when the opportunity comes and it's just about luck, about the right timing, then you've already got all your, you've done all the hard work, you've done all the prep, and then people then come to you and go, can you do this? And they're like, yeah, I can do this because I've done all the hard work beforehand. Totally. It's, it's experience. I think it's so natural for, to want things quickly and to want it now and to be, you know, be done with the process. But I think that process is what makes you grateful when you get there. And it also, that resilience is one of the most important qualities I think that any human can really develop. Um, regardless of their pursuit because it's not always going to be easy things will get will get sticky and if it if it was too easy at the beginning you may not make it through those yeah those how, how, how do you how do you think you build resilience because i think it's just, i think that word and and persistence and resilience to be really um strong in yourself because a lot of people get uh knows you always say that and that, like even jk rowling when she first kind of got did the book and she got like 99 no's and then suddenly that one person gets a, a yes, it's that resilience. How do you think that people can kind of build that skill? I don't know. You know, I think it's, it comes from a lot of, a lot of things. I think it's belief in yourself. Like if you are, if you believe in yourself and you love yourself and, and you have a, a dream that's, you know, that's really rooted in something real, then I think, you'll keep going because you believe in that and you want it so badly. Um, I don't know if you necessarily, um, resilience isn't something you build on your own. I think it's, it, it's, it comes with <laughs> circumstances. <laughs> you know, things will happen. Um, and I think when things aren't too easy at the beginning, you find your fight, you find your why, you find that drive. Mm -hmm. And that can't be taught, actually. You can't just build that. Um, from nowhere, it comes in the way you were raised. It comes on your value system. It it comes from a lot of different things, I think. Yeah, and I we, I, I was talking to someone else on the podcast about um, the reason why you do something. Can we talk about um, whether it's for an external thing, for approval from others, or actually an achievement for yourself or for mm -hmm. your family? 
And it's really interesting to differentiate between both of those two of that kind of resilience to go, why are we being resilient? What's the, what's the purpose of it? It's so funny because Simon Sinek's Start With Why book is beside me right now. And yeah, uh, he's yeah. one of my favorite motivational speakers. And he also has a book, a book called Why Leaders Eat Last, a brilliant book. Yeah, I, I also have a copy of that. He's actually a friend of mine. And um, no way. He, yeah, he's a wonderful, wonderful human. And um, I'm literally obsessed with him. I think he's incredible. I think the way that he starts with the reason why is it, I remember him doing a, a talk about how what and why and he was demonstrating on the board with the three circles and i was like i was hooked after that mm -hmm. no he's he's incredible um so it's just funny that you brought up that why but yeah it's to come back to it i think we all have a different why and that that stems from our childhood like all of our dreams are unique all of our desires are unique we don't actually all want the same things um yeah. and our, our sense of purpose and value i think comes from very different things and that is just life. I think that's life. It's the way you were raised. It's your circumstance. And, and then eventually what your dreams are, what really fulfillment is, is a hard, it's, a, it's not really a tangible thing, you know? So how do you really describe fulfillment? Um, it, it's a feeling. It's when you do something that, that makes you feel a certain way that isn't, you can't replicate it. You can't buy it. You can't convince someone to give it to you. It's just... You know, yeah, it's and, 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 it's, and, it, and it changes every time as well because sometimes you because you can't constantly be fulfilled or content. It's like a, I always believe it's like a muscle. I can go yeah. to the gym. It's like something that you have to work on daily to feel content or to feel fulfilled. But it's it as you say, it's how do you quantify what fulfillment is and how do you differentiate between one person feeling fulfilled doing one thing and someone else doing uh, fulfillment mm -hmm. in another another in, in another area. Absolutely. And I think it's, you know, as artists, we're very fortunate, I think, because we're pursuing something we love for the most part. Um, you know, we're pursuing something because we've fallen in love with something, um, whether it's making films or taking photographs or making dances or actually being the dancer or acting, you know, you fall in love with something and then you, you want to make a career out of that because you love it. So. I think with that, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's fascinating how I, I always, when I first start, when I first started out in the mindfulness uh, pursuit, when I was about, I don't know, about 23, I think it was, when I first started reading about self-help books and stuff. And because I think I'm such a, um, I'm, in my brain, I'm a massive achiever. I want to achieve things. And I mm -hmm. couldn't understand people around me because I like to, to help and I like to lead people and I like to help people and to for them to find their passion. And I think I got to a point where like I was getting quite um, frustrated sometimes because I was like, why are you not, why is your not goals and your aspirations higher than what you, what I see what you could be doing? Like if your aspiration is to be like, I want to become a team leader at, I don't know, um, Samsung, for instance, I'm like, why can't you be the, 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 vice president and I think that mm. was that was for me was like to accept go actually everyone has their own why and their own purpose and it's okay for people not to have the same aspirations as each other and I and I something I had to like kind of overcome when I was speaking to friends and people that I'd meet up like well that's totally fine how can I help you to get there rather than I want to push you even higher 
You know, it's funny too, because the state of the world and the community and just, you know, it's so easy as an individual to have a dream and be ambitious. I am naturally ambitious. A lot of my friends are very ambitious. And I think this time right now in our world has been really humbling in a sense. I had this conversation with a good friend of mine last week that, you know, my dream was, okay, I'm going to be a dancer and then I'm going to get a work visa to go to the States. And then I'm going to be able to dance in America because that's where all the biggest dance jobs happen. And this is this, and then maybe I'm going to become an actor and all this, you know, these ambitious, huge dreams. Mm -hmm. And that has remained, you know, easy, even as my trajectory changed and my goals and changed, it was still very ambitious. It was big. I've always wanted to, oh, I'm going to do this. And what about, you know, really that's what propels me. It's exciting. And I think right now I was talking to my friend and I was like, you know, I'm so grateful that I'm in a country where we have clean air and clean water and the pandemic isn't too bad here. And I can still find a way to make my art. It's not exactly in line with our wildest dreams. I think most people aren't living their wildest dreams in this exact moment. But, you know, it's finding, okay, well, how can I direct my attention, my fulfillment um, in a different way and simplify and just find a bit more gratitude. And I think that kind of touches on your point of being like, well, why just be a team, a team player at Samsung or a, a team manager? Why not? Why wouldn't you want this? Because maybe, maybe they want, you know, time with their family and time to take vacation and having the biggest house isn't actually that important. Um, you know, like it's, everyone is different. I think, especially, especially in North America and I think in Europe too, but I don't even find less in, in Europe. Ambition isn't quite the same. Like quality mm -hmm. of life is more valuable as opposed to accomplishments, so. Yeah, so, so, yeah, maybe, maybe in, in some, some parts of America, maybe in LA and New York, it's because it's so, uh, maybe it is more achievement driven and over here we're in especially in, in in the uk it's more about okay half of it is about okay achieving and half of it is about i want to have a good quality life and i want to go to the countryside and i want to enjoy my life a bit and i think maybe there's a difference of kind of the american dream maybe yeah i think so too um everyone's got a bit of a different american dream and i think right now is the time where we're maybe realizing that that dream isn't as dreamy as it was like, you know, why did we always want the things we wanted or that we thought we wanted? Mm. Mm. Yeah. And it's because it, it's, your want changes. I don't think your goals or aspiration changes. I think the want changes. Like it's like saying, oh, um, my goal is to, be, to work with the biggest people in the world, whoever it is, whether whatever creative role you are, photographer, director, whatever it is. But actually, yeah. my one has changed now going, actually, on a Sundays and Saturdays, I actually want to see my family. So I'm traveling around the world. So your want changes or I really want to I want to travel to I want to travel to places that I never worked before. So that's my want. But my, my goal and my aspirations doesn't change. Just my want changes. And it changes, I think, for when you get older, like your 30s, 40s, 50s, your want changes because you're getting older you want to do different things. You want to maybe slow down a bit in life. You might want to speed up. But I think, again, I think it's your want. I totally agree. And I, I love a little bit when my want changes, when I, I'm just, I realize like, oh, wow, like it will always change. And I, I, 
I think that that's beautiful. That's what makes life interesting. You know, what I wanted when I was 18 and what I want now are not nearly the same things. Yeah. Um, you, I mean, you, some things remain, but yeah. And, and do you feel, because do you feel you're, because you're very similar to me with your very uh, achieving uh, person, you're very goal orientated. Do you feel like your hunger has changed from when you were 21 to your age now and your drive? Because I was watching... Uh, the Last Dance, I think it was The Last Dance on Netflix with Michael Jordan, he said winning mm -hmm. the first two championships was great and the third time it's like your hunger changes. You're still hungry but you're not as hungry as the first time that you, when you want to win that championship. Absolutely and I think you know some of it's biological like there's times where I want to rest and I think a lot of times we don't allow ourselves to want to rest or to not be active and I think lockdown was really for almost every every person I spoke to, they were, wow, this it's kind of nice slowing down. It's kind of nice not hustling the same way. This is, you know, we're we're all allowed. We actually have to do this. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of people are now trying to, who are you know maybe trying to jump back into the game of how things just used to be, are finding, oh, is this really, you know, how I want to move forward? So. Yeah, because I think I think a lot I think a lot of people are either one dealing with their a new kind of mental health issue that they didn't have but they now have because of like kind of lack of identity from what they thought their profession was themselves, or mm -hmm. they're having that kind of uh, mental health issue going back into what work or social situations and not being able to communicate as effectively as what they previously were before the lockdown. Mm -hmm. Totally. And I think, you know, I think too, what's really fascinating is that I think we all thought, okay, we're on pause and then things are going to go back to how they were. I think that's not really the case. No. Um, it's not. And I don't think that's bad. I just think it's, I don't like to judge things as either good nor bad. I, I just think things are shifting and they're going to continue shifting for quite a while and not just because of the pandemic because of many things so yeah and i i think well one one because of the pandemic people are like oh after 2020 and going into 21 21 it's all going to be go back to normal and i'm like absolutely not this is going to be this is going to be like our new norm it's going to be like the virus is going to be like our common cold it's still going to be around but people are still going to be talking about it for the next couple of years and also yeah. and also people's um people's kind of quality of life has changed. People were like, oh yeah, I really enjoyed this kind of like, uh, have a bit have a bit more time to my, myself, my family and friends. And so that obviously is gonna change in the way that I think the economy is gonna change because I don't think everyone's gonna be as kind of job focused. And so not many people are gonna be putting that much, uh, the, the extra hours which they must they might have done beforehand into it, into the future. I totally agree. And I think, you know, a lot of people right now are, are talking about COVID and that's the only thing, but I think there's a lot within our worlds that's just changing period. It's not just COVID. Um, you know, half yeah, of a country yeah. is burning right now. That yeah. election seems to be the only thing that anyone talks about. The entertainment industry is, you know, changing. Like, I, I think just, it's just about change. This whole year, this whole year is about change, though. I mean, you talk, talk about Black, Black Lives Matter, Yemen crisis. Talk about uh, Donald Trump and the kind of American uh, re-election. I mean, transgender rights at the moment. It, there is just a massive change. Lebanon, this whole yeah, year. there's 
there's tragedy everywhere. It just feels like so much has been uprooted, which is positive, but it's also been chaotic. Um, and it's, yeah, things aren't gonna land back in the exact same thing place that they were, or hopefully they don't. Um, but it, it, in the interim, it, it's, it's very stressful, it's painful, it's, it's devastating. So I think, you know, our generation, I don't think most of us have ever really lived or experienced something quite like this. Yeah. And there's going to be, yeah, there's tension, but mm. yeah, you, you kind of have to, you know, pick the world you want to live in and maybe actively really stand for something more so nowadays. You kind of have to make a more of a choice and these are my values and this is how the world I want to live in. Yeah, I, I think I think nowadays you can't actually have not an opinion on something. Mm -hmm. I think you have to make a decision going, I am either for this or against this. And you again, you have to make a stance because you can't just be, I'm just doing me. It doesn't really, I, I don't think people can have that because people are, there's so much political and social and cultural things going on. You have to have an opinion, I think. I don't think you can not comment on things because then you're not, because then it's, the, it's like the whole kind of, anti-racism thing you have to be anti-racist not just i am not racist i think you have to be have to be opinion on things as well just because you can't just be on oh, blase and not i'm not I'm, I'm just doing me well yeah of course you're doing you but you also have to be engaging to what's going on in the space absolutely i totally agree mm. and so and so with your kind of downtime compared to what you were normally doing about your traveling around what, how do you spend your downtime now? What are you focusing on more? I recently don't have had no downtime um, <laughs> because I, I, at the beginning of COVID, um, of lockdown, I, I really did take that time to just relax and reflect. A lot of reflection. I think a lot of people had that opportunity. And, and then I got inspired. What do I want to do? How can, you know, there was an opportunity in, in a sense that how do I want to live my life? This is a really great opportunity to maybe enhance certain things, remove certain things, commit to something bigger than myself, a lot of different things there. So yeah, I think for me, after some reflection, I actually started a new endeavor and was able to do some things remotely, which is great that I normally do like choreograph or teach or mentor. Um, and there was one dance studio I could go into by myself. So I was still able to dance on my own but I started just looking at how I wanted to structure my life. Did I, where did I want to live? A lot of different things and have recently begun a new, a new business that's, um, it's still a little bit under wraps, but I'm working on a new platform for dancers and a new way to kind of facilitate um, the way dancers are connected and the way that they're casted and the way that productions are going to be working. So working on something that really I feel can serve my my community um, yeah. and the people that involved in my community and yeah that's honestly what I've I've been doing and trying to stay connected to nature going for hikes it's, it's definitely turned into fall up here which I like I've always been a fall person so lovely and do you, do you have a lot of nature by you then I do I'm, I'm in the mountains well I'm not currently oh. totally in the I'm in the city but you know an hour drive we're at we're at beautiful lakes in the Rocky Mountains similar to Colorado um, oh that's amazing I think I think nature can can do wonders for you and to your mind and body and I think we don't know enough about nature and plants and roots that 
that the the people who live in the jungle and who live in these kind of rural parts are so way ahead of us in terms of what we actually know about our own planet. Yeah, it, I think you know. Do you know the author um, Elizabeth Gilbert? No, I don't. Um, she wrote. Maybe I just butchered her name. I don't think so, though. Um, she wrote Eat, Pray, Love. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eat, Pray, Love. Yeah. Um, anyways, she released a really great Instagram live last night about the pandemic and how she was feeling. It's about twelve minutes long, but if I were to sum it up shortly, she essentially just said, like, you know, I had these big dreams. This is what my life was going to be, and the pandemic hit, and it still hit, and you know it's so easy during this time to just like pick up a glass of wine every evening or want you know, have these urges to just kind of to self-medicate and dumb down the stress. But in fact, she's like, this is the time when I've been needing to find my spirituality and needing to meditate and needing to take care of myself yeah. more than, more than anything. Like right now is not for her the, the time to be, you know, disconnected from things like nature these are the times that we have to connect to something bigger than ourselves because stress and the anxiety that we're all feeling because we haven't really, we don't know what's next and we haven't really lived through something like this is tremendous. So how do we, we, the only option besides self-medicating is to do the opposite and really root and ground in, in spirit, in, in faith and whatever it is that guides you. Um, and really make that active, you know? I love your, so, I, I love the way that you talk. I love your words. It's, yeah, it's, uh, you're, you. you're so right. It's, I, I've totally also done the, the exact same as that as well. I think I, I've, I've definitely drank less. I've definitely meditated more. I face myself more. That's definitely what I've done. I face my insecurities, my anxieties going, actually, I was such on a roll and I was traveling like loads of places just before lockdown and my whole year was just mental. And then suddenly the COVID stopped, uh, hit and my whole life stopped. And I think over the last couple of months, it has been the reflection and to own up to your insecurities and your pains and, and to really root yourself a bit more and face those fears. I think that's really, really important. And I echo exactly what um, you were saying about her. Yeah. And it's, it's not easy though. Like it's not easy. There's moments where I think she also mentioned and a lot of people have mentioned that the trauma and I, I mean, I don't love using the word trauma, but I think it's fair. The trauma from this year and the way that the world, the state of the world hits everyone differently mm -hmm. at different times. And you don't see it coming. You just realize one day like, Oh wow. Like, you know, two months ago I was feeling very different than I'm feeling right now. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't, you've experienced this at all but a sense of time lately is so bizarre it like <laughs> yeah even more so than i've ever felt it like it, it's been a week and it feels like last year or vice versa it's, it's so confusing um and sort of amazing actually i mean it's amazing how it's september now and the the i mean tiger king if you think about if you watch tiger king that was in march wasn't it so that like how mm -hmm. quick life has gone I mean, life is very quick anyway, but it's even more so because some people have either been really productive in the quarantine period or they've really, really relaxed and really tried to reflect on themselves. But actually, it's just like no day is the same at this moment. Everyone's just going, okay, well, I'll take it week by week. 
Um, it's just, you never know what day it is. You just kind of go with the flow and it's such a weird kind of space to be in. Totally. Um, totally. But I think, you know, that going back to that resilience that we were talking about, it's just knowing that when things seem to be falling apart, they're, you know, that cheesy saying, they're just falling into place. It really is that though. You know, it's like when things feel like, ah, I wanted this and it's not going my way, surrender. Mm. Surrender and allow. You know, it's... Because that's, that's all you can do. You can just only surrender to, I mean, if you believe in the faith or law of attraction, things are meant to mm -hmm. be because they're meant to be. And you can only re relinquish your power and your control because control is, is anxiety, basically. You get anxiety because you're trying to control things and you can't control things. The only thing you can control is your reaction to things. And so you just got to let yourself go, let yourself be, go with the flow, because the more you try to tense and, and try to control the situation that's not going your way, the more it's never going to go your way and you're going to get more stress and you get more, get more anxiety. Absolutely. And that doesn't serve anyone and it doesn't serve, mm. you know, <laughs> it's funny because I, I just last week or actually the past few days have been in a fairly stressful situation. Um, and I just, you know, my, I was chatting with my mom. She was like, well, you know, she's really sweet. She rubs a rock and like says a prayer for me when I, I'm stressed. She's very oh, cute. I love I said, mom, yeah, she's so sweet. I said, mom, don't pray for that things go a certain way. Just pray for the highest good. And if, you know, if we say a prayer every day for the highest good and mm -hmm. count our blessings, things line up and you have to just trust in that. And I think if you, if you're not a person who's very connected to a sense of spirituality or something like that, then right now can be like the anxiety can be so overwhelming and cause people to do very drastic things because they're trying to control and they're, there's not a whole lot people can control right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think everyone who does usually control their space is having a massive, massive hard time to dealing with their controlling issues. Um, and, and, and also just to round this off, I, I always uh, leave the podcast with, um, is if you have a life mantra, you might do, you might not, or quote or phrase that you kind of uh, remember when you're in times of success or times of doubt, what would you give back to someone in, in, with your life mantra? That's tough, but you know, I think this is like, and this is sort of cheesy because I'm a dancer, but your body always knows. Mm. I remember like, when you're, you have to make a choice, you know, whether it's your mind, your, your physical body and it, because I'm so connected to my body, mm. my body always knows the right answer. I might, and if I can find a way to connect and listen to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your, your, body your body, your body knows everything though. I mean, your mind is connected to your body. So, and they always say that they, there's, a, there's theories that if you are, if your body's sick or whatever if you have a really strong mind and strong positive vibes you can actually heal your body we don't we, you don't realize how strong the mind is in terms of healing itself absolutely mm -hmm. i mean i love that mantra. i love that mantra yeah. well i want to say <laughs> thank you so much for your beautiful beautiful words and all your amazing time so so I know you're really, really busy and it's great actually to talk to someone and yourself who, who I really admire and I love the work of and I'm really excited to, to share what we've been talking about today. So thank you very, very much. And, and I know people are going to 
come away going very, very uplift, uplifted from what we've discussed. And I want to say everyone who's listening, please, please do uh, engage with us. We love when you comment and we love when you rate our, our podcast. You can uh, comment on uh, Apple Podcasts. Please give a listen on all uh, social media, um, listening platforms, Spotify, all that sort of thing. So again, I want to say thank you so much, Amy, for all your time. Thank you, Jamie. I really appreciate it. This is 360 Yourself and I'm Jamie Neal. Thank you very much for taking a moment to listen to our wonderful guests. Please subscribe to our podcast to access all our brilliant guest episodes. They are released every Sunday at 12pm. We are available on all listening platforms, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Google Podcasts and Castro. You can also find us on Instagram at 360 underscore yourself, Twitter at yourself360 and our host at Jamie Neal JN. Thank you for listening.